Ahoy! And welcome to the Sea Captain Way podcast with Phil Bender and Greg Patton, where we help listeners navigate the uncharted waters, personal and professional growth. The Sea Captain Way is about energizing top performers to take on risks and push beyond their comfort zone to pursue life-changing goals and achieve peak performance. We're going to help you build your vision by showing you how to break free of boundaries that are holding you back. Okay, Phil, so you and I were recently talking about New York Times bestseller called Atomic Habits by James Clear, a super cool book. I had other clients talking about it. And the the gist of the book, the premise is it talks about building good habits, breaking bad habits, and mastering behaviors. And the thesis is if you can get 1% better every day, you can have a better chance of achieving your highest priority goals. Now, I know in your coaching business, you have something you call a one degree shift. And it's one of the cornerstones of how you help your clients. Can you take us into a, a deep dive on what the one degree shift is and what it can help do? Yeah, it's a uh, great example of what I'm talking about in the one degree shift is mm-hmm. is the Atomic Habits uh, uh, book. Yeah, and what I did was not intentionally, but basically design an environment that is more sea captain esque. Okay, mm-hmm. and that is if you're in a boat over a vast ocean and you shift one degree, you're going to end up in an entirely different place. And so staying on the theme of uncharted water, shifting, just the slightest amount, as long as you stay with it, focus on it, continue to build an environment where you have to perform in it, it's a very powerful growth scenario. Yeah. Yeah. So you had mentioned as part of this that people who were able to successfully do this put themselves in the position of running their business versus their business running them. Uh, I mean, I had mentioned that to uh, some people, it seems to really resonate. Do you feel like a lot of your clients and people that you know have their business running them versus the other way around? Yeah. I think for anybody who's gone through a startup, done a startup, started in a sales career, any scenario like that, you've got to be there in the morning to turn the key. Mm -hmm. And you've got to be there in the evening to turn the key, Mm -hmm. to open and shut the door. And so the initial phase of growth in a startup is you've got to be there. As I like to say, I call in sick every day, but nobody answers. So I've got to come in. Right, it's it's the fundamental uh, fundamental story of self employment. Yeah, and so when you go through that, you build wonderful habits mm-hmm. of being reactive to everything that goes on in your world, and you're in a constant state of playing, not necessarily defense all the time, mm-hmm. but you're always conscious of the fact that things could fall apart, mm-hmm. and so that shift. In this case, when I start working with somebody in the coaching, they're high-performing people. Most all of them are. Mm-hmm. And they have moments of brilliance with regards to their, to their work, yet the business is running them. And so as we start to discuss it, what that means to forecast, to think like a CEO, 
to think quarterly, not daily. Mm -hmm. It's very powerful position to be in, but how do you get there? Yeah. Yeah. I know you said before that, you know, when people have the traditional sales mindset, trying to meet a a sales goal or whatever, they often feel like they're playing from behind all the time versus taking the longer view. Yeah. So I thought it was insightful how you have kind of zeroed in on the fact that you need to break free of the limiting behaviors as you set your new goals for this one degree shift. How are your clients able to increase their chances of success by identifying these patterns and making a conscious effort to shift away from them? Oh, it's a great question. And the limiting behaviors are powerful things. And because, and it's even worse that these limiting behaviors in some cases got them to the first stage of development. Mm -hmm. It's like pacing yourself in a race for the first beginning of it. Not too fast, not too slow, got me to this place. Now I have to shift. Well, for a lot of people in their business, they get to that shift point and they struggle in the shift itself. It's like uh, we use that example a lot, you and I, about going to base camp. Uh, climbing Mount Everest, where we talked about that. And it's that second stage where you need a Sherpa and a guide and you need to think differently about how you're approaching this goal. And that is not easy for people because of the limiting behaviors. Mm -hmm. And some people are defiant around the fact that, well, I don't want to lose what I did to get there. Mm -hmm. They may even be very strong reaction to the fact that they need to let go. But all growth comes through frustration, all growth creates loss. And in order to go to the next stage, you got to let go of some of those important things that got you to the first stage. Yeah. So I hear you, you use the phrase, you'll say you need to uh, design your environment. So you have to perform. Uh, Can you expand on that a little? That's a really important element. Okay. Designing your environment. So you have to perform. And the way I always explain it is you have discipline, responsibility, and accountability in your life. Everything you do, you either do with discipline, you have a responsibility to it, or you're accountable to it. So an example of discipline, I have one discipline, and that is being on time. I get anxious about it. If I'm not, it's all based on you know some experience from when I was a kid I won't go into right now. Yeah, but some of it had to do with my dad yelling at me. <laughs> but discipline, being on time, being prepared, being even early is really important to me. It's my only discipline. Yeah. I'd love to tell you I have others. I just don't. Everything else now has to be done in a structured environment. And so the second piece is responsible. If I'm responsible for something, boy, I'm at my best. If you need me, I will be there for you. I'll vote for that. Yeah, thank you. And so to put me in a position of being responsible is a very powerful thing. And most of my life is around it. But I, the only way I can deliver is to deliver in a structure. I've got to have a model that I follow and that my team knows. And because my team thrives in me being responsible, mm-hmm. guess what I end up being? Responsible. Right. And so that's the second element. Accountability means I have to pay for the uh, delivering. And so that could be with a personal trainer, 
That could be somebody I respect that I won't let down, that is mentoring me or coaching me. I will keep that level of accountability. So the way I describe all this to put a bow on it, I called it the wind sprints story, which is if I'm running wind sprints, I will do it if I'm disciplined without any coaches there. I'll do it because I'm disciplined. Mm -hmm. If I'm responsible, I'm doing it because the coach tells me uh, I'm the captain. And accountability means I do it because the team is depending on me. Mm -hmm. And so that's discipline, responsibility, and accountability. Now, these are very important elements in this one degree shift Mm -hmm. because putting these all together, they become the staying power for me to go to the next level. I have to make a choice here. Am I going to be disciplined? Am I going to be responsible? Or am I going to be accountable to this one degree shift? Yeah, I have a buddy that's a doctor. And when we were young, he was saying, I don't think the people that are going to medical school are necessarily smarter than everybody else, but most of them are more disciplined than everybody else. So I always thought, well, there's honesty for you. So I've heard you say that you can have multiple one degree shifts going on at the same time. What what do you mean by that? Well, it could be multiple, meaning I could have a shift in one direction. I could have another shift in another. I could have team members who are also going through this process of a one degree shift. And the combination of all of these can move, uh, move a mountain, you know, move mm-hmm. a hill. It's, mm-hmm. uh, so you just got need to be careful not to have too many. Sure. Because ideally one or two would be my suggestion, but your team members can have them as well. Oh, okay. Okay. And that's probably more of why that's a relevant question is because of more people in your organization also shifting along with you. Mm-hmm. So I know in your uh, training curriculum, you'll say that the one degree shift occurs in three different phases. Yeah. I think you say you know, over like 18 months. What can you share? What are the different phases? Well, again, world according to Phil, based on my <laughs> my coaching and my, yeah. my uh, experience. That's why we're is- here. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> That's true. I guess I didn't have to qualify it, did I? No. But the uh, but the first phase is trust. Okay. Okay. And that phase, do I trust myself? Do I trust my team? Do I trust the uh, shift that I'm making? And that takes some time just to get yourself there. So, for example, if I start coaching somebody, it may take them six months to trust the process that we're talking about. Okay. It's still their mm-hmm. goal. It's still their vision. Mm-hmm. But they're not quite sure about the execution yet. So trusting it. Second phase is testing it. In other words, testing out certain elements and not losing sight of what you're doing. For example, the salesperson's curse works so well, I stopped doing it. <laughs> right. And so in that, the testing phase, sticking with things, building a structure around it so that it's sort of like building the chassis of a car. Mm-hmm. Okay, we 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 think this new car is going to be great, but we got to build a powertrain, and then we've got to put the put some of the things on there that make it look pretty. Mm-hmm. And then the third phase is executing, and sometimes that takes eighteen months to go through that change process. Mm-hmm. And and so when I'm coaching, usually in any any coaching engagement, I'm encouraging two years at least, so that we can really see some of the execution play out. 
Mm-hmm. And then some people embrace it early. They trust quicker. Mm-hmm. Some people take time trusting. Some people test and then they go back. You know, these pattern familiars we talk about are very powerful. It's like gravitational pull. Pattern familiars are what puts you in a position to go back to where you were. Right. Like the warm bed. <laughs> and then yeah. and then the last piece is executing on it. And as soon as they start seeing lift, they get energy around it. And the gravitational pull back to the familiars, the further and further away they get from the the horizontal line or the pattern familiar, mm-hmm. less gravitational pull. And they start to trust, test, and see what potential there is for this one degree shift. Wow. Yeah, it's interesting. I remember hearing that uh, about breaking free of, of something that's been holding you back. I've, I've read a thing that said a moon rocket uses uh, half of its fuel just to get off, you know, started and, and to, to get out of the pull of gravity. Yeah. Um, so what would be, what are some of the challenges your clients face when they're, they're trying to, you know, achieve the one degree shift or have, did you already cover it with the discussion about familiars? Yeah, well, I can elaborate on a couple of yeah. things, but again, familiars are powerful. Gravitational pull, your rocket example, great example. <laughs> I mean, the rocket doesn't even go smoothly through the Earth's atmosphere, does it? No. It shakes. Right. It's crazy, right? And you even lose contact for a while, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So there's mm-hmm. all this stuff going on, which is so much like growth in so many ways. Uh, I had a coach that used to share with me that when you're pursuing a life of vision, you have both promoters and detractors, both of whom are necessary. Mm -hmm. And I just thought about that. I said, wow. So in other words, the fact that people are against me or resistant to me achieving this is actually important in this equation. Otherwise, everybody would do it. Right. And everybody would pursue growth if there weren't detractors. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of like if you're running, the wind just doesn't part for you. Mm-hmm. It's in your face. And so this whole rocket ship example, the growing away from these familiar things you knew, great loss comes in that. And you mm-hmm. have to let go of the fact that Phil 1.0 is no longer there in existence. Yeah. So a story I share with my clients a lot of the times that I think is a good example of this of how to break free of you know, a habit or something that's holding you back is I read this story. It was a case study about um, Intel and about the CEO, Andrew Grove, and how he reached uh, a period, a stage in the company where they were, Intel was unable to match the Japanese uh, price value offering on um, memory chips, and they just were getting schooled. They they couldn't beat them. They they couldn't figure out, um, you know, what was the strategy they should be deploying. And so, as they're in the the the, the boardroom, and he asked the chairman of the board, um, he goes, "Hey, let's let's just act like we got fired. Let's let's role play here, and let's leave the building, and uh, you know, walk around the block, get a cup of coffee." smoke a cigarette, whatever they did. And they came back into the building with the mindset of, okay, we're the two guys who are replacing us. 
And what, how would we, you know, let's look at this from a different angle. What do you think? And the case study said almost instantly, they're like, we, we, we've got to get out of, you know, we're in the wrong business. We need to be focusing on, on microprocessors, not memory chips. And so in that, it, that like mental exercise of wiping the slate clean and, you know, looking at things with fresh eyes that seem to turbocharge them to their success. I always, I don't know, that story resonated with me. It's a fun kind of a business brainstorming exercise. It's so good. And I use that example you gave me a lot. Oh, okay. Good. About, in fact, I have a whole session in my curriculum dedicated to that yeah. piece, which is firing yourself as a CEO, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And then re, and then let's say the board fires you, and then a day later they go, "Oh, we got it wrong. We're bringing you back." Okay, okay. What would you have done? What would you do differently if something dramatic like that happened? Right. Because we end up so many times not doing it the way we believe it should be done. Mm -hmm. I've been guilty of this. When I ran my firm, I went through a stretch of road where I said, my gosh, I'm terrible at this. And I'm not even doing it the way that I think it should be done. <laughs> well, that's not so good. Right. And based on that, I started to hire somebody to coach me, somebody who would listen to, you know, and listen to the event, if anything, at the time, but they would listen to me talk about what I believed needed to happen and stop trying to be everything to everybody. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was like climbing Mount Everest and then getting kicked. And I just tumbled all the way back down. Yeah. So that regrouping was very helpful to me. And I never forgot it. Uh, because at this stage, as I'm coaching others and staying present with them, as I like to say, I don't need to be important anymore. I want you to be important. Mm -hmm. But as they do this important work, as they focus on running their organizations, to leave it on the field and not let it fear or what has been done get in the way of what it can be. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think we're close to wrapping, but the, the one other thing I wanted to add was uh, I know it's important. You were saying with the not falling back on familiars and uh, the need to commit to this new uh, one degree shift vision. And uh, I have a friend who's a black belt and I was talking to him about, you know, the stuff that they can do. And I was asking about, you know, where they think where they put their hand through a brick. I just said, yeah, you know, I'd never, that's not my, I never could do that. And he said, oh, what, you know, what it's part, a lot of it is mental. And he said, they're not aiming at the surface of the brick. They're aiming two feet below the brick is the plane that they want to hit. I'm like, well, okay, I'm still not doing it, but that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. Just yeah. to know that, that, you know, the, the mental part of the game of, of, of committing yourself, um, you know, to that success. So, wow. A lot of great stuff you shared today. Thanks, Phil. I don't know if you want to, any other thing you want to round it out with? Yeah, I'll just wrap with a couple of things. One is that is this one degree shift is about taking discipline, responsibility, accountability, picking one and running with it, designing your environment to, to achieve, and then, over, and then chart your progress, which I didn't really touch on till now. And be in, include everybody on the team in, in this because, especially if you're a responsible person, it's so important that everybody knows how they can contribute to this victory. 
And then understanding that frustration is the step toward growth. Okay. If we were happy with everything, why would we take a risk? Mm -hmm. But, and that loss comes in all growth. You have to let go of something. You have to grieve it. You have to leave it behind. And so in all that uh, shifting, all that, those steps, when you're operating in a visionary life and you are pursuing uncharted water, okay, mm-hmm. this is an unlimited horizon. And what an exciting thing to see as you look back, what you achieved that was meaningful, important, and most important was about you and your goals and your vision. Yeah. So with that, Greg, good talking to you again yeah. today. Yeah, yeah, great. That was inspiring. I'm going to look for the armada of your clients' boats out <laughs> on the one degree shift to success. I All love right. it. Thanks, love Phil. It. Yeah, take care, my friend. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us for this edition of the Sea Captain Way podcast. If you found the conversation valuable, please like, share, and post a review on your favorite podcast app. To learn more about Sea Captain Coaching and how you can start taking advantage of our purpose-driven coaching guidance, visit us at seacaptaincoaching.com and get the Sea Captain view on navigating uncharted waters of growth. The link is in the show notes. You can also follow us at Sea Captain Coaching on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Wishing you fair winds and a following sea on your journey. 